This episode of Slay the Stigma is brought to you by the Richardson Women's Club Charitable Foundation. You can learn more about them at rwctx.org. My name is Deborah Dobbs. I'm the executive director of The Counseling Place, a nonprofit victim advocacy and mental health agency in Richardson, Texas. I see the stigma around mental health as a dragon. It's a dragon that society keeps well fed. That dragon, though, it's hurting people, even killing good people, so we need to get rid of it. Now, you don't do that by addressing it or tackling it. If you want to kill a dragon, you slay it. So welcome to Slay the Stigma. With each episode, we'll dispel myths, we'll challenge perceptions, and offer solutions about mental health. Each episode delivers a powerful strike against the stigma. And we don't intend to stop until that dragon is slain. As if the holiday season wasn't stressful enough, the 2020 winter holidays will submerge after two storms collide, the never-ending COVID-19 and the presidential election. Becca Mullins will join us today to help us develop some strategies for dealing with this very novel holiday season. Becca Mullins is with us today, and I know you, Becca, but our listeners don't. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. Uh, I'm an LPC associate, and I used to work for a girls' home as a transitional home for girls getting out of jail. Uh, then I worked for the Baptists for a while, doing working with youth ministers. Um, so now I do youth ministry trainings for adults who work with youth, teaching them about mental health and how to help their students with, who are struggling. Um, I've led grief share groups, uh, working with people um, who have grieved the loss of a loved one in the last year, um, worked in a holiday stress um, group specifically about that. And then I worked here for the last two years. So you've done a thing or two pertaining to this. Yes. All right. So recently I put this, I put a post on Facebook and I asked people and they could, you know, private message me if they wanted to. But I said, what, what's the most stressful thing about the holiday season? You know, we have the pandemic, it's going to be post-election, mm-hmm. and if that, you know, that's stressful, but then you add the holiday season, and because we talk about the stigma, you know, there's, I think, this sad stigma related to families where things aren't perfect, and you don't have your Norman Rockwell Christmas or Thanksgiving. and Right, and you're supposed to be jolly and holly and smiling all the time all through November and December, and that's not reality for most people. Right. So, I, you know, I was surprised by uh, the candor with a lot of the comments mm-hmm. that 
No one was private messaging. They were just putting it out there. And so we were going to go through some of these. They, there was a lot of themes to them. Mm-hmm. The, I think an easy one that popped up was expectations. And you just touched on that. So Yes, there's so many expectations. We want to have the perfect holidays. And it looks just like it does in the movies or in the Norman Rockwell paintings where it's everybody, again, everybody's smiling and getting along. And I don't know a single family that gets along every time, every year, every time they get together. But that's the expectation we have. Um, And to have lights and presents and so many things about our culture celebrates in excess. Uh, And so if you're trying to make healthy choices um, in what you eat and how much you spend and how much time you spend with people that are draining to you, the holidays don't lend itself to those kind of choices. You know, when you're... We've, and, and I'm thinking this year will be particularly difficult because some people have lost their jobs or their income has declined. And I remember long before the pandemic, our, our family gathering used to be really large and trying to buy a gift for everyone just for the sake of buying a gift was just getting outrageous. And it just it stressed people out. And it's not the true meaning behind the holiday. We enjoyed getting together. So I remember having a private conversation with my brother and we made a pact that we were only going to buy presents for the kids. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't need anything. And so that's what we did. And it was a shift, you know, it kind of threw off the tradition there, Mm -hmm. but it also provided some relief. Um, Do you have any other ideas about those expectations or Well, I think what you just said and having that conversation, and even if it's not your entire family, maybe finding one ally that can have the same kind of approach to it is going to be helpful. But even if it's just you, I think this year is going to be a great year for starting new traditions and maybe making some adjustments because everything's already changing already, but also really defining what your boundaries are going to be. Uh, And that can be difficult because people don't always respond well to adjustments and healthy boundaries. But really defining, okay, this is what I can afford. And I'm not willing to go into debt and financially put myself in a bad position just because of the holidays. And so this is what I can afford. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm sorry if that's disappointing for people. But I think in a lot of areas we're going to have to have good boundaries and really think ahead of time. What are my boundaries? What What is going to be healthy choices for me and my family so that we can make it through the holidays the best that we can? And having those conversations, and especially with kids too, it's going to be a great example for them of making good choices, making wise choices, even when it's hard, and then emphasizing the reason that the holidays are special is because we're together and we're doing something fun and we're finding ways to make it special in other ways other than a whole bunch of food and a whole bunch of gifts that's expensive and spending a lot of money. It's also, I think it's a good reminder that there's something bigger than us Mm -hmm. and that are greater than us. And whether you're celebrating the main holidays we think of are Christmas and Hanukkah. So if you are, if it's a religious holiday, then maybe you take that opportunity to hone in on that. Mm -hmm. And, um, as a reminder that it's it's not about gifts and giving or it's it's not the receiving se- uh, receiving season right um and and put your efforts into something else yeah uh, or maybe emphasizing that we have enough and so we're going to give back to people who don't have anything yeah. 
And so shifting that emphasis from receiving all the good stuff to we're going to help out. And we're even if it's not buying like an angel tree or something, it's not monetary, but going and volunteering somewhere or going and baking cookies for the neighbors or doing something that reminds us that it's about it's big. It is bigger than us. And it's not just about how we're doing, but it's spreading that joy and um, helping make it a good holiday for other people. You know, you just reminded me of something I saw in our neighborhood when uh, the shelter in place and quarantines were new. Mm-hmm. And some kids had used sidewalk chalk. Yeah. Yeah, they wrote these messages like, just breathe, or it's going to be fine. And it was, it seemed maybe to them, I don't know what it meant to them. Maybe they were just, you know, having a good time, but I, I have a feeling they wanted to have an impact mm-hmm. and it had a huge impact on me. Yeah. And it's the, it's those small things that don't cost anything, but they just, they mean a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you're, you're, again, you're reaching out, you're thinking about other people and doing just simple things. It doesn't have to be Pinterest fancy. It doesn't have to be Instagrammable. It's just something nice to do. So we talked about, you talked about boundaries, you talked about kind of uh, setting boundaries and maintaining your health. And one of our, one of the comments in the section was uh, about the stress for the holidays is, is for her, uh, and I imagine for a lot of people, is when you've made changes. Like a lot of people, they haven't seen their family for a while. So they get together, you know, for, to, for Thanksgiving or Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year's for the first time in many months or maybe a year. Mm-hmm. And during that time, somebody may have decided to get sober mm-hmm. or to lose weight. And, and there's some judgment and resistant th- resistance that comes from the family when they see them. Like like it's your, your piece of a puzzle and then you change your shape. Uh, everybody, all the other pieces in the puzzle, like you're not fitting anymore. Mm-hmm. And so one of that was one of the comments. So do you have any suggestions to kind of help somebody through that? Yeah, I think I love that illustration of the puzzle um, because I think it's a good visual because that's what it feels like is it's that we have changed, we have grown, um, and we're again, we're making better choices for ourselves, and it doesn't always fit. And so the expectations that our family have for us and how we act and how we behave is different. And so anytime expectations are different than reality, we're going to experience some tension and some disappointment and maybe some grief. And so adjusting those expectations when we can or adjusting reality when we can is going to help. But in those situations, you can't do much about their expectations. Uh, And you can't do much about how they respond. And so, again, I think it goes back to those boundaries and setting realistic expectations. Not going in with a pessimistic attitude of like, well, this is going to go to hell. But realistically saying, okay, I'm going to make these wise choices and I know my family's not going to support that. And that hurts, but there's I can't control what they do. The only thing I can control is the atti- my attitude and my decisions. And so I'm going to decide that beforehand that I'm still going to choose to eat well, that I'm still going to put limits on what I'm eating, what I'm drinking, whatever it is. And if they disagree and they give me a hard time, then I'm going to try the best that I can to have a good attitude and just let it roll off. 
because it doesn't have anything to do with me. It has everything to do with them and their perceptions. And maybe it's challenging the way that they see things and that maybe it's challenging their decisions on what they're eating, causing them to realize maybe I'm not making the best choices about my health or maybe I am drinking too much. And so your decisions to be healthy are um, causing them to face some reality that they don't want to face, especially not on the holidays. Um, So recognizing that there is this tension um, and you can change back to the way you were and fit back into that puzzle, but do you really want to? Mm -hmm. And it might mean maybe limiting your time Mm -hmm. there, which can be, it can come as a shock. Mm -hmm. Um, I always recommend not doing that last minute, you know, don't drop a Mm -hmm. bomb on, on, on mom and dad that you're not going to make it this year and you don't tell them until a week before, but possibly change your routine. And maybe that means if you can maybe stay in a hotel Mm-hmm. Um, and set limits that way. I know mm-hmm. that can be really hard, mm-hmm. but um, that those are possible solutions too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And rec- again, preparing for the comments back um, and that there may be guilt trips, there may be negative comments or passive aggressive comments and just being able to take a breath and remembering what's important. And yes, your family is important and how they feel is important, but your health is important too. And the, the goals that you have and the way that you want to treat your body is important. Um, you know, I, I think, I actually think it was a Dalai Lama once I heard him say this. It just stuck with me. He was talking about expectations and he said that rarely is anything as good or as bad as you expect it to be, as you think it's going to be. And so... That helped me change my attitude about New Year's Eve. Because yeah. I used to get all fired up about New Year's Eve. And I, I don't know why that of all the holidays, just I had all these expectations about this magical time and you're starting the new year. And mm-hmm. and once I had no expectations, New Year's Eve, it just calmed down. Mm-hmm. And and, and kind of whatever we do, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with. So I, I loved that. Yeah, I think that's great. And if we can apply that to all of our holidays and all of those things that we get, like we elevate so much, I think that would help a lot. So we've talked about family and something else that came up a lot was grief, but not not necessarily the grief that comes with losing a loved one by death. You know, and, and there's a lot of there's a lot of discussions and we've we've contributed to magazines and articles about grieving, you know, it's your first holiday without your spouse or, or a child uh, because that person has died. But there's all kinds of other grief. Mm-hmm. There's grief um, like from estrangements mm-hmm. and grief from the loss of, of traditions. The big, for instance, we had big family gatherings that's changed. Mm-hmm. And, and so I thought, well, maybe we can talk a little bit about that. It's a different kind of grief. Right. But it's valid nonetheless. Like with any grief, I think just acknowledging it and giving yourself space to grieve, um, being kind to yourself and not expecting you uh, or anybody else to to power through it or to act as if nothing's wrong. Um, giving yourself space to grieve and to acknowledge that things are different and that stinks and that you wish it was different. That's okay. 
um, maybe journaling and talking through how you feel or painting or whatever is an artistic expression for you uh, or talking to someone about it. I think a lot of times we try to ignore it and act like everything's fine and act like we're not sad about the change when we really are, and that doesn't really help anything. Uh, so if you can talk through it or have some way of expressing it or just acknowledging, uh, finding ways to acknowledge what you miss or making new traditions. If it's a loved one or someone that you missed that's not there this year, um, maybe doing something that symbolizes them, uh, maybe buying an ornament or lighting a candle. We say that a lot about grief when there's a death of a loved one, doing that thing that's symbolic, but I think you can do it even if it's not, if the person's not dead, you just miss them. That makes sense. Yeah, I think we underestimate grief when it's outside of grief um, due to death. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't, I don't think we, even divorce, yeah. you know, it, divorce may be, may be what was best, um, but it's still a loss mm-hmm. and it's a kind of a dream shattered. Mm-hmm. So, yes. you know, if it's your, especially if it's the first holiday where you've, you are divorced and you may be on your own or you may have kids and for the first time they're not going to be with you. Uh, that's that's really tough, and I've mm-hmm. I've been there, mm-hmm. you know, where that first Christmas morning where my daughter wasn't with me. Yeah. So I I carved out I, I planned for it, and I thought, well, I've never had a quiet, relaxing yeah Christmas morning, and so I had coffee and got myself some decent PJs, and I just took it easy, mm-hmm. and it and it wasn't that bad, really. Yeah. You know, yes, I was sad, but I also made an effort to kind of pamper myself a little bit Mm -hmm. starting a new tradition and I think Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing that you can do also is looking ahead and writing down those traditions that you normally do um, and that you might miss and that are different this year and either not doing them because you always did them out of obligation anyway but also on the ones that you do enjoy either finding ways to continue doing it or finding new traditions. Like you said, I don't get to do this tradition and I really miss it, but instead I'm going to do something else that I enjoy instead of just being sad. It's not the same, but you're doing something to pour into yourself and to to continue living life um, instead of just being stuck in the grief. Mm -hmm. I have a good uh, tradition to get rid of. Yeah? This is a good time for all the parents who got sucked into Elf on the Shelf. Yes. The Elf got COVID. <laughs> yes. And he can't come anymore. Right. Right. They are having to shelter at the North Pole. <laughs> and so there's no, or, or they have COVID, mm-hmm. you know. Social distancing. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to work this year. So for those parents that got sucked into that, you know, I, I uh, was one of those as well. And I actually... It was just stressing me out, mm-hmm. especially when I am divorced from my daughter's father. So they're going back and forth. And that kid knew if it wasn't the same elf. <laughs> he couldn't go buy a different elf and put it in the tree. It didn't work. So I had, know that. They just have this sense of Yes. <laughs> it's, like, it's like this this thing had some energy it put off that was different. <laughs> it was just slightly different. So I wrote a letter from Santa. Mm-hmm. And this is years ago. This is how I got out of it. And said that your, it was like midway through this elf on the shelf torture. And it just said, your elf has been called back to train another one. There you go. And, but you're good. You know, your Christmas is going to uh-huh. go great. Yeah. And thank you for understanding. I thank you in advance. And I wrote it in really fancy, 
you know, like cursive. Calligraphy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there I was, out of it. There you go. I was, you know, I was freed from the elf on the shelf. So the pandemic, that's, if you say one Perfect. good thing, mm-hmm. there you go. If you want to get out of that tradition, you're out. It, it also may be a time to not talk about COVID. Mm-hmm. Don't talk about politics. Uh, something fun that we did at a family dinner it was just kind of spontaneous, but we had everyone at the table bring up six people they would like. If they hosted a dinner, who are six people you'd like to have there? Yeah. And the conversation got very lively. And even, you know, my daughter at the time, she was like seven or eight and she participated. And then we broke it down into categories and it was uh, you know, actors or actresses, um, biblical characters came up. And, and so it, it inspired conversation mm-hmm. outside the norm. Plus, it gets boring. I have right, to you say. You tend to have the boring. same conversations over and over again. And that can get, yeah, that can get exhausting. And then you do default to whatever is the hot topic of the day because that's something different to talk about. So, again, planning ahead, having conversations ahead of time, maybe setting off limits. I think that's a great idea. No talking about COVID, no talking about politics or any other hot social issue right now. We can, if you want to talk about that on another day, let's tackle that then. But right now, this holiday we're just going to talk about other things and finding those well, you do have to be intentional because it doesn't happen naturally most mm-hmm. of the time. So you do have to be intentional and maybe finding a game that everybody enjoys or finding go online. There's so many conversation questions that you can find just like that. How many simple as how, who would you invite for dinner? But those are fun. And you find out things about your family that you maybe not have known before. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell stories and, reminisce and if you want to or you can just find out more about who they like and who they admire and all those kind of things well you just reminded me i can't say i know how my dad celebrated the holidays Mm -hmm. or how my mom celebrated the holidays so right there you know you get to your parents uh you know you get to have a conversation with them where they can share with you and you learn and if you have kids they're learning Mm -hmm. um and so, you know, I remember just recently I learned that my dad, he grew up in the, they call it the Trinity Alps up in Northern California. Mm-hmm. And I never knew that my grandfather, he died um, when I was very, very young. So I didn't know him at all. But he played the piano. Oh. And they would have people come from all, you know, different states. And they would have an all-night kind of like dance. And, huh. and all these cool. band members would come together. So it does give you the opportunity to learn about your parents and see your parents as mm-hmm. something other than your mom or dad. Mm-hmm. You know, they had they have this rich history yeah. and these traditions and and lives before you ever existed, and it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Now, I do think there are families that are not going to go for that idea. They 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 are just fine talking about politics and having those conversations. So there are. Um, as much as you want to or as much as you would like to avoid the conversation, that's not always possible. Whether it's your family or your coworkers or whatever holiday party you're at, you're probably going to encounter some of those conversations. So, again, having a plan beforehand of what am I going to do if I just lost my train of thought. Because <laughs> it's such a hard thing. It is. Mm-hmm. You know what my dad used to do when mm-hmm. things got tense? He'd say something like, I like kittens. 
just some random thing, you know? I mean, it's silly, but you can, I guess, you. I mean, then maybe they'll slowly get the message. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about this. You could maybe come with a list of things, you know, maybe a YouTube video that's funny. You know, have you seen the video of all the toddlers falling down? You know, I don't know. Something that just brings it to a halt. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that might be a therapy technique sometimes when somebody's just ruminating and ruminating. Yes. Right. Which is essentially just... what this is. Mm-hmm. Ruminating. Mm-hmm. Ruminating, yeah. And then you just stop it, right? Mm-hmm. My well, uh, friends in college used to say, and then I found $20. Oh, okay, great. Um, yeah, and always remembering you have the right to say, I don't want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. If it don't, if nothing all else fails, you can just say, I don't want to talk about that and either change the subject or walk away. Yeah. We, I think we forget that a lot of times because we don't want to be rude or we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And I get that. But you also have the right to not talk about stuff that you don't want to talk about. I think we get too concerned with pleasing people mm-hmm. and wondering all right, we don't do exactly what they want to do and I dis- or we disagree, then they're going to disown me or, mm-hmm. you know, again, your, your expectations about what could go wrong mm-hmm. are probably far worse than, than reality. And so maybe you, you think about the expectations of, okay, what's the worst that could happen? You know, what's the likely worst that mm-hmm. could happen? Mm-hmm. And can I deal with that? And you probably can. Yeah. And just be pre- try to prepare yourself that way. Mm-hmm. But I think we also always feel, we, we tend to feel trapped when you're mm-hmm. not. Right. Yeah. yeah. Always remember, you can just walk away, step outside and to get a, take a breath of air, uh, go in the kitchen, help with whatever's going on, dirty up some dishes so you can clean the dishes, <laughs> so whatever. Invent an errand that you need to run. There's all, there's, there are ways of stepping away um, and taking a breath before you, either before you enter that conversation or just to get away from the conversation. Yeah. Right. This is something that is a little touchy. Because all the other ones haven't been. (laughs) (laughs) Aging parents. There's a tendency, and I I don't know when this happens, but uh, where your discussions can consist of the latest surgeries and health problems. Mm -hmm. And it is... Uh, not the most exciting conversation. It tends to be, again, kind of repetitive. It's something you talk about all the time. And it's, I find myself getting really sleepy. Mm-hmm. And the, my, you know, other people get, get a little bored with it. Do you, you ever find yourself in that situation or hear about that and have any ideas for how, again, like kind of divert yeah. from that topic? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I think it happens quite often. Um, on that, I think there's two different things. First, I would kind of gauge where that's coming from. Like, are they just trying to make conversation so to avoid awkward silence? Or are they needing to feel acknowledged, like needing their pain to be acknowledged? Is there some emotion underlying it, whether it's um, sadness that their health is deteriorating and they can't do what they usually do? Um, a little bit of grief there, anger, whatever. If you can identify that emotion that's underneath, um, it may be that they just want to feel seen and heard. And so it, it, if this is, especially if this is one of the first few times and you haven't really acknowledged um, what they're going through, maybe spending some time and just listening and acknowledging that, man, that, that really is hard. 
and I really wish that you could do what you used to do. And I know that's that that change is hard. Um, so it may be just taking that time to listen. But if it's something that they have, again, were ruminating, and it's something that they have said every time that you talk to them, and you have acknowledged their pain, and you have seen and heard, and there's nothing else you can do, or they're just trying to fill the time, um, maybe going back to those ways that we said earlier of diverting the conversation, sticking in, hey, have you seen this funny YouTube video? Or, um, hey, tell me about holidays when you were a kid. Mm -hmm. If they want to tell stories, then Try to see if they'll tell stories that you actually want to hear or haven't heard before. Um, or come up with those. Who are who would you invite to dinner if you could invite anybody else? So I think it's going to be really helpful this year to come prepared with those random questions to ask and conversation starters um, so that whatever it is, we can propose other ways of connecting. Because we do want to connect. This is a great time to be with family and to connect in genuine ways. Um, but the ways that we default when we don't really know how to connect with people we don't always see um, aren't always all that enjoyable. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to push people away or um, just deny this connection that they're trying to have with you, but maybe um, suggesting alternative ways to connect. You mentioned how it's helpful to have an ally. Mm -hmm. So if you're in the situation where you've stopped drinking or you've lost weight, you're, you're trying to be healthier, and you're making some decisions um, that may be new to your mm -hmm. family. You know, again, that puzzle piece you're shifting. Mm -hmm. Maybe it would be helpful to reach out to someone about that as well mm -hmm. to say, definitely. instead of saying, please don't do this, mm -hmm. you could say, can you help me with something? Right. Can you help me this year? I have made some decisions that I'm really trying to focus on my health. Could you help me help me with accountability or help me step outside if you mm -hmm. know or maybe you quit smoking and people in your family are smokers and mm -hmm. your you know pastime after dinner tends to be go out and have a smoke if you have a non-smoker in the family maybe that person can help you have an out yeah and say hey can we you know, you have an ally mm -hmm. and that person can help you be accountable and help you with the resistance. If you have that, if you have that kind of relationship with someone that you trust in the family, that might be part of your planning. Yeah, I think that could be so helpful. And we try to, again, we have this image of I've got to pull myself up, up by my bootstraps and just tough it out on my own. And we think that's something super admirable when it's okay to ask for help. It's so much easier and better for you and for the other person to have somebody there with you that's going to help you that can see when you're getting stressed out that can see when you're getting pushed to your max because we don't always recognize it until it's too late um, so if you can have an ally that's going to be there that's going to be so helpful just if nothing else just to have somebody that you can look at and make a face and you know that they understand what is going through your mind sometimes that's just really helpful um, but even if if there's nobody in your family nobody that's going to be there that you can call on maybe having a friend that you talk to and saying, this is going to be really hard, and I need you to text me and just remind me of why I'm doing what I'm doing. And remind me that you believe in me, that you believe in what I'm doing, and that this is for a good purpose. Um, sometimes those texts come at just the right time. Um, and so even if it's not somebody that's there, then talk to somebody that, that understands what you're going through um, and that can, can um, help you out. And that's going to be great for them, too. It's not just about helping you. It's giving somebody else an opportunity to 
to feed into somebody else and to be that connection and encouragement for you. And it takes some vulnerability. It is hard. All of these things take vulnerability. Um, so it's not necessarily an easy thing to do, but it's worth it in the long run. That feeds a relationship. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. relationships are two-way. Yeah, letting somebody in in that kind of space is really important, really special. Okay, so we we were very concise, but we covered a lot. Mm-hmm. So to just kind of summarize this, let's do a recap. I think the biggest thing is to plan ahead, to think through what are my boundaries, what are my decisions that I want to make, whether that's financially, whether that's how I'm eating, how much time I'm going to spend with family, all of those things. Think about how much capacity you have uh, and make decisions based on that. Have conversations ahead of time because it's going to be stressful for you and for your family if you spring this at the last minute or you try to do things on the fly. So plan ahead of time. Have conversations ahead of time. Be willing to say no, uh, to step away, to give yourself, to acknowledge the what you are feeling and give yourself space that it's okay um, to feel that way, that it's okay to take, to say no, to get, to walk away and go outside and get a breath of fresh air. Um, those things, the, the boundaries that you're setting are important and the things that you need are important, just like the things that your family needs is important, but it doesn't make your needs any less important. Um, and then planning ahead of time for conversation starters, how am I going to handle stressful conversations? How am I going to handle boring conversations? Um, what do I want to do in those situations and how am I going to steer the conversations in other directions? Um, and then I think remembering that I can't control how my family responds and I can't control the choices that they make, but I can control my attitude and my choices. And so I'm going to think ahead of time about my expectations. And again, what you said was great. Um, nothing is as good as we expect it to be and nothing is as bad as we expect it to be. So just going in with open expectations and not trying to have the picture-perfect, Instagrammable, Hallmark holiday, because that does not exist except for on TV. Thank you for listening to Slay the Stigma. By taking what you've learned today, implementing it, and sharing it, you too are helping us hack away at this dragon. If you like what you're hearing and you want to support our work slaying the stigma... You can donate to The Counseling Place at our website, counselingplace.org, or you can give by texting CPSLAYS to 41444. I'm Deborah Dobbs, and thanks for joining us.